Hi, everybody. It's Jackie Schwab back with the Press Play Lifestyle Inspired Podcast, where we do interviews with people like my good friend Carolyn here on topics to help our listeners, that's you, find the resources, tools, and support they need to be their best inspired selves. Hi, Carolyn. Hello, hello. How are you today? I'm doing well. We've had um, little to no winter in the Bay Area. That's where I am. It's been sunny, but now it's kind of foggy and cloudy. It's nice. There you go. Yeah, a little bit of a change. Yeah, it's um, <laughs> it's actually crazy beautiful here in sunny oh, good. Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Okay. We are above above 30 degrees. So I'm oh, in, right. yeah, oh. it's like a sauna. I don't know if I can handle all the heat. Um, but I'm having a nice energy day because I'm really missing just some, a little natural light. I didn't know I needed it, but when it comes back, I'm like, oh, yeah, for sure. Seems good. So uh, I'm so thankful. I know you have tons of things going on and lots of programs and lots of jobs and lots of work. (laughs) So thank you for taking the time to spend with me today. I appreciate it very much. Yeah, absolutely. I'm honored. This is a fun, fun time. I've enjoyed or, or like seeing you in our calls and also just uh, your vibe and energy. So it, it just Aww, made thanks. sense. <laughs> That's so nice. Uh, so um, I, know, I do know a lot about you, but our audience doesn't. So um, would you mind telling people a little bit about who you are and what you do? Yeah. Um, well, my name is Carolyn, as you already said. Um, my business name is Carolyn Healings. That's not actually my last name yet i've kind of played with maybe changing it but Mm. it just came to me in a meditation a few years ago and it made sense to have my business name that um and it actually came from me discovering um my inner healer and so it was like carolyn's healings and i saw it as being everybody i work with their healings um i've actually never spoken that out loud and so right now it came out organically. So that's cool. That's supposed to say, but I don't advertise that, but that's the intention, like deeper energy behind my business name. Um, I primarily work with empaths who struggle with heightened sensitivities as a burden um, and how to discover that and shift that into actually a superpower so that they can live as their empowered, authentic empath self. Oh, yeah. I love that. So sort of sh- uh, sh- changing the, reframing the burden right to their superpower yeah which is really crazy right that um not 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 empathetic not empathy related but uh i was always told as a kid (laughs) that i talk too much it's probably true a little bit um my dad actually used to call me mouth Mm. or brat were his two favorite things to say and it got like to the point where like i didn't want to talk because anytime i talked i was just waiting for the, oh my gosh, you're talking all the time. Yep. Um, but then, you know, this thing called podcasts where you get to talk yeah. came up. And so um, when I got, like, kind of looked at that, like, wow, I just naturally, it, it, I, I, I'm, it's easy for me to have conversations about nothing yeah. and, um, or keep conversations going that have died, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're like, hey, this thing that my whole life I've been told, it's too, you're too much. Yep. is just enough. Exactly. And that's the thing. Most empaths are told they're too sensitive or there was a part of them as a child that 
um, maybe felt something, tried to share it with the parent, but the parent shut it down or culture shut it down, conditioning beliefs shut it down. And so then what we end up doing, we end up putting in little boxes, little tiny boxes inside of ourselves that go to sleep, but then there's just this constant stirring of it. And what happens often is that empaths end up going through a spiritual awakening, like something just, they wake up one day and they're like, oh shit. Oh, I don't know if I can swear on this, but I just did. You can kind of swear like, if you need to swear. Oh shit. Like where have I been? I've been asleep for so long and realizing like they have not been living their truth. They have not been living their way. And there's also such a lot, like huge range of a spectrum of empaths. I believe I know everybody has little pieces of it. It's just a matter of what is your superpower? What is your burden that we can shift into a superpower too? Yeah, yeah. that's an interesting thought. I am. Um, so on the sensitive thing, I think um, girls probably don't get picked on as much as boys would about being real, like really extra sensitive. Mm. Um, but I'm a bit really big tomboy. Like I always mm. was outside and playing but I will cry at the drop of a hat. Like mm -hmm. I cry at tissue commercials because they're just so sweet. I just, and it's just, it's always been one of those things too, where my family is like, Oh my God, you cry over everything. You're mm -hmm. like, well, it's touching though. Why are like, my thought was always like, why aren't you? Is everyone so like, aren't you sad? Why aren't you sad? Like the puppy got ran over by a car. This is devastating to me, right? Wow. And they're like, it's just a TV show. And, but, but it was in my head and it was so sad and the puppy was so cute. So it was another one of those things that, you know, growing up, it you know, you talk too much, you're too, you're too sensitive. It's just TV. You know, that person didn't mean to hurt your feelings, but, but they did. Right. But they do. And, um, yeah. And there's a, definitely like a balance between boys get it one way, girls get it another way. Girls are shown like, what? You're crying. Like they, it's more like pointed out. Um, and it's all to, it's all based off of protection. So like parents, their egos usually running the show, their ego or their inner child's usually running the show. And they want to protect their child from whatever to live in this box because what happens is, is that when you actually become your true authentic self, your ego is no longer running the show. Your ego gets let go and then you can just be your spirit self, your authentic self and whatever that looks like to you. The goal really of you being in this world, in this earth is to find that truth and that authenticity. Culture and conditioning shapes us so much to conform um, but then everybody's living uh, like cows at the field. Right. I'm an Aquarius, like super Aquarius. So I'm totally against conforming. <laughs> uh, I, it was totally my purpose to be my authentic self and to help others. Like, That's that. my job. I got yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. I, so, so even in general, I love that the example you brought up over parents, like, yeah. um, like when you're in a store, and a kid is being really naughty and the parent what does that is, mean well it means something the example will change what that means yeah okay you're in a store and someone's child is in distress okay right they're sad or they're crying or they're yelling or they're whatever okay and um often what you see is the parent like 
stop stop it stop being sad stop being loud i don't want to and what they're saying is i don't want other people looking at me thinking that i'm being a bad parent yep and i think what i shifted with that perspective was i have a daughter with special needs so i have four kids and my eight-year-old is very sensitive to input because she's on the autism spectrum. Um, and she's just super aware, like she's crazy bright, super smart, yeah. interesting yeah. She's human. A, she's a higher, higher human. Yeah, really. we, we literally all say in the house that we all know Zoe is smarter than us because we have no idea what she's talking about, but we're positive yeah. she's right. Um, <laughs> so she would be in a store and like, people would be loud and people would be, you know, just as a store, there's other humans in the store and she would cry. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, and, and I knew why, cause I knew her. And all of a sudden I realized I was like, Oh, all those other kids are just like her. Oh, I might cry. This is weird. Um, yeah. she's just really overwhelmed mm-hmm. and super, and she's in pain. Like she's, it's mm-hmm. too much sound. It's too much light. It's like a migraine on crack. And, and once I sort of saw that perspective for her, mm-hmm. um, my perspective got, you know, I, I had a bigger view of it. And now when I see some little person who's in distress, yep. I always check in with the mom. Like, I, you know, are you okay? Can I support you? Yeah. Because both of them are now yep. in this distress. And sometimes you can't make them baby stop crying. They're just, they're just yeah. in a place that they right. need to, whatever it is, that's the only right. way they can be vocal emotions are intense and adults don't know how to fucking do anything with them. And so right, when the child does, <laughs> it's all about with kids, with working with kids, it's all about um, teaching them how to self soothe. So teaching them that whatever emotions are coming up are okay. So if you are told like, no, you can't have that. Then it's like, Oh, can I have any emotions? Like what? It's all about holding space for that emotion. And teaching them how to self-soothe that emotion. And that's, that's a lot of the stuff that wasn't learned and taught that I help my empaths with on how to self-soothe. A lot of empaths have anxiety. So how to be okay with that anxiety when it comes up, how to hold space for that, how to care and nurture for yourself and retraining your brain and yourself to not to be you instead of be what somebody told you to be, which is to not cry or to not have emotions, right? Do those things. And right. I, I, yeah, I love that because I, I think yeah, another thing you touched on was it's not like someone taught us differently. So, you right. know, I was always told, you know, shh, shh, yeah. adults yeah. are in the room, be seen and not yeah. heard. Adults are right. Right. Always. Adults are right. Parents are wrong. <laughs> and so I, I, I know I have to work at it. Apparently, I'm good at it. My kids tell me sometimes, but. Um, I'll, I don't tell them how they're supposed to feel. Mm. Um, what I try to do is say, you know, can, how can I support you in what you're feeling yeah. and that it is okay to cry. I always just say crying is just your body having so much inside it that it just needed to come out. And so yeah. it comes out through tears. That's it. <laughs> that is what it is. <laughs> right. It's just like a body explosion. Yeah. That's great that you asked them what, how you can support them because so many people don't actually know adults don't actually know a lot of times what they actually need they just know they're like having a reaction and a lot of it has to do from like a former trauma response and they're still living it out and being played out yeah I had a therapist really helped me with saying what I need (laughs) and being able to be clear and speak what I need because so many of us literally have no idea we just know what is happening right now is not what we want, but we don't. Yeah. This is not okay. 
what do you want? I don't know. So, yeah. <laughs> that sounds like a, a, a conversation I have. I have a 14 year old and I'm like, you know, um, her nickname is Nanner. So I'm like, Nanner, like, what do you, well, what do you need? I don't know. Yeah. Oh, like, honey, I don't know either. That's okay. That's too. just part of being us, you know, yeah. duty to hug. No, get away from me. Okay. Yeah. Back when you're ready. Yeah. But, um, yeah. It's, it's interesting. And, I, but I like, I've been trying stuff, right? Cause I don't know. I don't, I was not raised. It was not okay to be weak. It was not okay to ask for help. Um, it was not okay to point out your family wasn't perfect. You know, there's a lot of the not okays. And mm-hmm. so I work on it. But one day my husband or my son is super hyper at one of my kiddos, like bouncing off the walls. Bing, ding, 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 ding. And I was like, buddy, I'm going to go meditate. Would you like to try? And he's like, yeah, that sounds cool. Let's go do that. <laughs> uh, we go upstairs. We put out the meditation cushions, which he's thrilled about because there's a special cushion. You know, he's 10. It's super exciting. We sit down. I close my eyes. I, I didn't even literally get through an entire body scan before he was like, that was good. I'm totally calm now. See you later. <laughs> That's all they need sometimes just to hold that space for it. Yeah. And, and he came back later and he was like, that was cool, mom. I totally yeah. dig that. And I was like, all right. Um, I'm pretty sure he didn't calm totally down but he did stop climbing my walls literally spider max we call him his name's max but yeah so it was fun yeah. uh, so I, so could you tell us a little bit about so as someone who's helping out people in that area like why why how did you get to doing this work like sounds like you're kind of called but mm-hmm. was there a trigger event or something in your life that sort of landed you here mm. This, I would say I've been doing this my whole life, but it definitely was something that happened that then like kind of took me out. Um, I was a competitive volleyball player in high school, very competitive volleyball player, Um, was on path to go play D1. Like, I feel weird saying that because I didn't, I was actually injured before that was happening, but my coaches told me that, so I'll... Uh, accept that and say that yes and I got injured like right before um the college whatever that's called has started happening and I went into like a deep depression like it was pretty volleyball was like what I had and I was also injured I actually had to hold my hand like this for I don't even know how long um I was on five Vicodins a day for about two weeks because of the amount of pain I was in and it was also something that doctors couldn't just diagnose and so it was weird so similar think like fibromyalgia if you know what that is it's very similar that it was really hot my mom couldn't even touch me or like hug me because it hurt any like little tiny touches um I had to learn how to write with my left hand eat I was like a zombie as well um and from there I kind of I also saw like an insane amount of doctors, x-rays, MRIs, all that stuff. Um, From there, I think I was put on an antidepressant that was supposed to be an anti-inflammatory. I was also on steroids at one point too. Um, I remember I had a bunch of weird rashes on my chest because of the medications right before prom. Um, So the antidepressant was supposed to help me with my anti-inflammatory. I don't know if it did. I was super depressed. I don't know if it actually helped with that. Um, And 
I actually had put myself to see a counselor. Um, I was also at a pain management place. It's all kind of foggy because it was such a weird state. Um, and so that was around 17. And so from 17 till about 18, the next volleyball season was really intense. I felt like I lost all my friends. It was kind of just like being me. Um, and then I ended up going into things that my mind, my body, myself knew I could use as a resource to help with this pain. So things like smoking weed, alcohol, it was a way to not deal with the pain. So I've worked with a therapist to help see this time as a non-shamed time because if I shame myself from doing those things that was what my body saw was necessary to like a resource for me, it really helps hold that space. So that's also an offering for you. If there was a time where you were doing drugs, that was a resource for you. There was something going on in your life that you needed, that your body knew that was something you needed, whatever. Yeah. I try um, to hold space for the fact that we're all doing the absolute best that we can with yeah. the tools we have at that moment. Totally. If you want yeah. to change, we, hopefully someone resources us with new options. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and yeah, went to college, kind of still doing my thing. Um, I was in a constant state of pain. Um, I would say about scale one to 10, I was around four, three to four kind of every day. It was hard to sleep on my right side. Um, I then after college started working a job, like this was, this is a whole 10 year <laughs> time period of my life. Um, I stopped the antidepressants sometime in college. Um, and I just was taking ibuprofen and whatnot. Um, and at the job that I was at, I found myself like really into it, giving so much. It was a nonprofit. I loved what I did. I was working with kids. I was outside. It was also super, super draining and also didn't really get paid a whole lot for the amount of work and effort I put into it. Um, that shifted to a desk job at the same nonprofit. And I started getting panic attacks, anxiety attacks. Um, I felt the weight of the world on me. Um, there was like police shootings after police shootings, like every couple of months. This was around 2013-ish, 14, 15, 16. Um, and it felt like my children were literally being murdered. And so, and I didn't understand like how to cope with that, how to manage that. Um, the people at work, I felt I could always feel them. I had no idea, but I knew like my boss was having trouble sleeping. Like I knew things about people that I didn't, but I thought everybody knew things about people. <laughs> I just thought everyone knew and everyone was empathetic about that. Um, I didn't know that was unique to me. Um, and one day after a consistent panic attacks, I woke up and was like, I can't do this anymore. <laughs> I'm going to quit. <laughs> um, and I quit. Um, I had a partner that was really supportive. It was kind of the first person that asked me about my injury, about myself. Um, and I met him about a year prior to that. And that was almost 10 years after my actual injury. So someone that really just like wanted to get to know me deeper than what I was showing. I felt like before that I was just living in this like zombie like world and I was just a zombie. <laughs> um, and that led to some things here and there. And then I had a spiritual awakening, which was really intense, which was about an eight hour long day of seeing signs, seeing, um, different, I was 
presenting myself outwardly as like a child. I could only speak like a child would speak, but inwardly I was fully aware of what was going on, but I was my, it was like a way of protecting of stuff coming up. There was memories flooding and flowing. It was very intense. I was with my partner at the time and he got a little, he got overwhelmed. He did his best to hold that space, um, ended up reaching out to my parents. I have a, a history of mental illness in my family. I personally have a background. I have a psychology degree and had a great teacher help me destigmatize mental illness and really hold that space. I knew I was not going through a psychosis. Um, and so when my partner told me that my parents were coming, cause he was like, I did that. Like, I don't really know how to support you or how to help you. I kind of went into a panic <laughs> cause I knew their thoughts on mental illness. And I remember he just said to me, he's like, Carolyn, you're a grown woman. You do not have to do anything you don't want to do. And it was kind of like, a, oh. oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. Cool. <laughs> he was like, I just don't know how to help you right now. And I'm scared and I want some support. Oh, okay. And I remember when my parents came, I actually was holding his hand. Like, I was like a child. I was straight like a child. And they were asking me questions. I was so, I had so much fear to answer and how to speak to them because I had been almost playing a role in my life with my parents that was not my truth. And I didn't know how to show them my truth. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. I remember holding my partner's hand. They would ask me questions and I would just look at them and be like, you know the truth. Can you speak for me, please? And I was basically like sending things to him. Um, and so, yeah, that was the spiritual awakening that happened um, that led me to a somatic therapist who helped, like, she was so amazing, helped me identify that as a spiritual awakening. Um, she then also introduced me to Moon Circles and Women Who Run With the Wolves, which is a, an amazing book by Clarissa Pincola Estes. Um, I attended some Moon Circles, started massage therapy school, which led me to get really into the Eastern modality. I have a background in sports. So I thought I was going to do like sports massage, Western stuff. No, <laughs> love the Eastern stuff. It makes way more sense, which is like chakras, energy work. Um, I then started leading moon circles because I'm also here to facilitate and support um, community space and hold a deeper, a, a bigger safe space for people. Um, yeah. So that's all that. <laughs> that's all that in a nutshell. Just sum that right up. Wow, that's crazy. So, um, so how is the pain now? Um, it's completely gone. Like I have other, so I'm also a physical empath and an emotional empath. So a physical empath feels other people's pain. So I remember throughout my life, my childhood, I would just get random pains and no one would know what they were, were or from. I got like x-rays on things and they'd be like, no, nah, there's nothing there. Um, so I can actually feel people's physical pains. And sometimes people's pain actually comes from emotion getting stuck in the body. Um, and so I have other things in my body going on, but that's just for me to like um, figure out know like oh there's something there that I need to care for oh what is this telling me so the the what was it was called thoracic outlet syndrome is what I was eventually diagnosed as um I do not have that anymore yeah oh well great yeah so that's a it's a great story yeah 
So mm -hmm. now with all of this amazingness of you and that all that you've been through and kind of your mess into your mastery, mm -hmm. um, how do you, how do you support other people now? Like how can they get a hold of you or mm -hmm. if they need support, where, where would they go? Yeah. So I actually have a good amount of different ways. So I do do one-on-one -on -one coaching. Um, I do offer group coaching. My group right now is ending soon and I'll be doing another one in the fall. Um, I also do online offerings. This is actually a new offering. I used to do new uh, moon circles in person. Um, I just started now holding an offering online, which is basically similar to this over a Zoom video. There's five to eight people there. Um, I guide you through meditation. We do journal prompts. We share, discuss do some releasing, learn some tools. Um, and that's available to everyone over the world, which is so cool. <laughs> um, the last one I had, someone from Canada was there. It was great. Um, and so the online offering and then in-person offerings I have. Um, and I also am now opening to a single 90-minute intensive call. So, um, yeah, I was finding that working people were in need to work with me, but that big, the longer commitment, um, sometimes the price isn't right right now. And sometimes the time isn't right. And so to just do a 90 minute offering, um, intensive, you're able to clear some stuff and maybe open some new doors and new space so that you can still yeah, do the that work. That makes sense. Right. Especially if someone, if you said a lot of empathic folks have a lot of anxiety and so like, saying, Hey, can you give me like 50 grand or whatever? They're like, Oh no. Right. And now my anxiety is really bad. Right. Okay, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not a helpful. That is helpful. Mm -hmm. Um, and so all they can find out about all of that at Carolyn's healings.com. Yeah. Carolyn healings.com. Um, yeah, it should be on there. My website is fun. Um, it's fun. Yeah. I, I, I'm working on improving it, but my social media is probably best at Carolyn Healings Instagram. My website for sure, but um, you're a big IG girl, huh? I am. Yeah. I got you, IG. Millennial. 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 Are you a millennial? I am. Uh, I'm. I'm not. 1990. Ah, uh, I'm 77. Yeah. 1977. It's a really. Year. Yeah, I'm when's in my. Your, wait, when's your birthday? May 7th, 77. Five seven seven. I just had this sense that you were a 777. 777, yeah. I just had spoke with a woman, um, a client who, whose her birthday is 7777. Wow. And was like, you are also a 777. Yeah, I have a stepsister who's um, also May 7th. So it's, it was very odd when she, our families came together. Did we talk about numerology? I think we did, yeah, briefly. Yeah. We have in the past, yeah. So other folks, numerology seems to be a uh, Carolyn as well. <laughs> yeah, it's just a, it's a fun thing. Numerology, astrology, they're all just pieces to help you know your true self and who yeah, you just are tools, and right? Your purpose, yeah, they're tools. I don't know. I know numerology for myself, and that's what has helped me understand who I am. <laughs> Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for your time, and I had a great time. I enjoyed our conversation. And I look forward to maybe we'll bring you back when you do your next new fun thing. Would love that. This was thank such you. a joy. Thank you. Thank right. you. We'll see you soon. Bye. Yeah. Um, I like to do this little sign off. Um, it's yeah. on my shirt, but 
I say, I hope you have peace for your mind, love for your body, and strength for your soul. Oh, namaste. That's awesome. Thank you. Yeah. Bye. Bye.